But I wanted to set the stage for, I think, a very important season that we're moving into uh, that sometimes we miss, as I mentioned earlier, as the people of God. Uh, we have been speaking, for those who have not been here maybe the last week or two, I encourage you to go online or just uh, get connected to our podcast and you can catch up if you like. And if you weren't here last Sunday for Glad Tidings People, I encourage you to, to listen online just to get the full picture of what we have been sharing. But we've been talking about our identity in Jesus Christ, what it really means to be the people of God and how we live out that identity, how we live out that new nature as sons and daughters of God, which the Scripture clearly says that we are. Last Sunday, we saw that the moment that we bowed our knee to Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord, that something absolutely miraculous took place. Paul tells us in Colossians, he says, God delivered us from the domain of darkness, and He transferred us into the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. And we mentioned that when we come to salvation, that salvation is not just about a prayer that we pray, though it involves that. It's not just about being forgiven of our sins, as wonderful as that is, but salvation is also a place. We are, as children of God, we are a new creation but we also live in a new kingdom. We are living out of that new identity, that new nature that God has given us. To be a Christian, a follower of Christ, is not just to be kind of a sanitized version of our own person. The old person God has put to death. We are a brand new creation. The struggle we have oftentimes is that though we are born again of the Spirit of God, is we still allow ourselves to be deceived to live in the flesh, that is to live according to our feelings, to live according to what seems right in our eyes. We don't quickly catch on to what God intends for us many times, which is to be a people who are led by the Spirit, who listen to the Spirit, who walk with the Spirit, who walk out our freedom and our new identity as we partner with the Holy Spirit. Uh, Paul wrote in Ephesians 5, You were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. He's speaking of those who know the Lord. That's your new identity, he says. John goes further to say in 1 John 4 that as Jesus is, so you are in this world. And you try to get your mind around that, but it's true. Basically, John was just reiterating what Jesus already said in the Gospel in Matthew 5.14. That Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Again, we won't rehash everything we said last week, but those have powerful ramifications. And what we saw was that regardless of how others look at you, regardless of how you even see yourself, that Jesus wants you to set aside all of that. And He wants you to see you as He sees you. He wants you to understand that nothing can change what He has done for you. Nothing can change what He has made you to be. And what's more, and I find this absolutely mind-blown, but I'm convinced of it, that Jesus Christ, if you are His child, he looks at you today in the exact same way that He is going to look at you through eternity. Do you really understand that? There's no surprise. He already knows who you are. You are a new creation. You are righteous. You are seated in heavenly places with Jesus. You are a son. You are light. We talked about all those things. And God never ever questions whether or not that is true. Your opinion of yourself may fluctuate, but His doesn't. It doesn't change, even despite your actions at times. Jesus knows who you are. 
And so the question we asked was simply this, do you? Do you really know who you are? Do you really know that you are a child of God? Do you know the message with which you have been trusted? Do you know really the light that you carry? The light that is in you, who you are. Jesus knows who you are. For this morning, I want to turn to 2 Corinthians 4, and I apologize, this is not going to be a long sermon. You can say amen, it's okay. Because we're over, over halfway through. Thank you for the truth. The Apostle Paul said this, For God who said, Let light shine out of the darkness, has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Read this last verse with me. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. You see, Christmas reminds us that Jesus, the light of the world, that He came. I'm so glad we celebrate Christmas every year. It's a reminder that God came in the flesh in the person of Jesus Christ to deliver us from the power of death and darkness, from sin and brokenness and hopelessness. And He came to bring us into the glorious life and the glorious light of a relationship with our Heavenly Father. We sing that beautiful Christmas carol, O Holy Night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. I love this line. Long lay the world in sin and error, pining. Pining is just this longing without any hope of, 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 of finding an answer, of, of attaining hope. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till He appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks what? A new and a glorious morn. We don't grab some of these metaphors, some of these word pictures sometimes because we don't understand what it is to be a people who live in a realm or a kingdom that's under the threat of annihilation. We don't understand what it is to be thrown into prison with no hope of, of, of parole, no hope of freedom, to never see the light of day. And then suddenly there appeared a Savior who says, I have come that you might go free. That is what has happened in the Spirit. That's what the Lord has done for us, but it's so difficult sometimes for us to appreciate it. It was a glorious morn when Jesus was born. Paul says that just as on that first day of creation, when light shone out of the darkness, I like the, the, the wording there, it's not that light shone upon the darkness, that there was darkness, impenetrable darkness, and bursting forth from that darkness, that it would seem nothing could, could overcome. Nothing could grow in that. This light shone. And he says in the same way in his incarnation that Jesus shone out of the darkness of man's misery and man's sin and he gave us new life. John says in chapter 1, speaking of Jesus, 
In him was life. And this life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness cannot overcome it. Out of that impenetrable darkness, God shines his light. One of my favorite Christmas choruses is written by Pastor Jack Hayford. And many, many years ago, he penned these words. The light has come, and the darkness can never be the same. Say it with me. Oh, hallelujah. You can say the hallelujahs with me when they come. The light has shone, and the darkness ran, never to return. Oh, hallelujah. Your word made flesh, your glory revealed, its entrance gave great light. You spoke, he came, Christ Jesus his name, and he has scattered our night. The light has come, and the darkness can never be the same. Oh, hallelujah. And get this, and now the light shines to every man. You can live in light. Oh, hallelujah. Isn't that powerful? Isn't that powerful? The light didn't just shine on us and make us religious people. Jesus came to overthrow the powers of darkness that we might live in light. We are not people of darkness anymore. We are people of the light. As I say many, many times, we're not better than anybody else, but we're better off. A whole lot better off. And there's a whole lot of people who would love to feel what I feel. Who would love to know what I know. That's what Christmas is all about. And what I want to communicate this morning is that as the sons of God, as bearers of this light, that is the message we carry this Christmas season. Friends, this is the ministry that God has entrusted us with in these dark and uncertain days that we live in. I believe with all my heart that there's nobody in the entire world who ought to relish Christmas more than us. There's nobody who ought to enjoy the fullness of what Christmas is all about than the people of God. And yet I want to encourage us, instead of being carried along by the craziness of the season that would sidetrack us, may I encourage us in the midst of all the things that we enjoy to be focused on our mission. Our mission. That we'd not just be carried along in the business like everybody else with our heads down trying to get through the season, but we recognize that what this season is. We recognize who we are in the midst of this season and what the Lord has called us to be and do. Paul says, we have this treasure, amen, in jars of clay. That's who we are. We're not just ordinary people. We're not just, you know, shoppers in the mall. We are people who carry this light all through the year, but especially at the Christmas season, how our light ought to shine brighter. Friends, we know the Mary in Merry Christmas. It's a person. We know the joy in joy to the world. And before you get your knickers in a knot, we even know the happy and happy holidays. It's okay. You know, don't, don't, don't you know, furrow your eyebrows when somebody says happy holiday. Happiness is from the Lord. Joy is from the Lord. But we know the person who embodies all those things. And what better time of the year is it to spread a little hope and cheer? I've heard someone say that Christmas is the time when grouches become givers and cynics become softies. And I think that's true. It's a time when people look forward, I believe, if only for a few days, to turn away from the pressures and the pains of life 
in order to find just a little bit of peace on earth and goodwill toward men. My wife Vanessa and I were driving in the car yesterday. What a beautiful day it was. We went down to, uh, what was it called, Turner's? Yeah. Anyway, it was, it was nice. The ladies were looking at all the booze, and the guys were hanging out. We went to the dip booze and the chip booze and the fudge booze, and it was great. We had all the, all the eating establishments. But we were driving along in the car, and we were just worshiping to this beautiful classic song, If Every Day Was Like Christmas, as only Elvis can sing. I know, I, I, I downloaded Elvis yesterday, and I must have played that song about 20 times. I love the chorus. It says, oh, why can't every day be like Christmas? Why can't that feeling go on endlessly? Or if every day, I can't do that, I can't do that. Thank you very much, but I can't do that. For if every day, I think it's a guy thing. Every guy wants to sound like Elvis. You know, like we sing and we think we do, but we don't. There aren't too many that can do it. But, but the song says, if every day could be just like Christmas, what a wonderful world this will be. And friends, I don't mean to overstate it, but I believe it all in my heart. The good news that we have to share in this season is that every day can be just like Christmas. That the world in which we live, the circles in which we live, our family circles, whatever it may be, they really can be wonderful. Because Jesus came to this world. Light has entered our world. A Savior is here, and our sins can be forgiven. That feeling can go on endlessly. We can live in light. Hallelujah. That's the message. That's the truth of what Christmas is really all about. As sons and daughters of God, that is the treasure that we carry with us. And friends, we carry it sometimes imperfectly. We communicate it imperfectly. Like Paul says, we are just these flawed jars of clay. And yet hear me, saints, the message that we carry, though sometimes, again, we don't communicate it maybe the way we'd like at best sometimes, but the message that we carry, friends, it is no less powerful, it is no less glorious to those who have yet to hear it for the first time. It's a powerful message that many people do not even understand because it's never been presented. I want to conclude this morning by reminding each of us that I believe that Christmas is the one season of the year that unlike any other, people are generally open to hear about Jesus. I find it's during the Christmas season that everybody gets into the Christmas spirit and people are even looking for events to attend. You notice that? May never darken the door of the church normally through the year, but Christmas starts and they're looking for something Christmassy to go to. We have a road sign that's actually going up this week and it will read this. It says, start a new tradition that your family will love. And we're just inviting people to join us on Sundays and to begin a new tradition and see what the Lord might do from there. For many people, the nutcracker is a, nutcracker, the nutcracker is a Christmas tradition. Uh, for others, people that never again go to church, but they will go to see Handel's Messiah. There are many people in our own city who have made some of Glad Tidings events part of their Christmas tradition, whether they come to the Nativity or this year come into the dinner theater. 
But people who ordinarily don't include church in their regular routine, I have found during the Christmas season, they usually will insert something religious into Christmas. What are the odds of that, eh? Something religious in Christmas. And people, more than usual, are open to an invitation. What I want to encourage us this morning to understand, friends, it's an ideal opportunity to shine our light out of the darkness and to introduce friends and family and neighbors to Jesus Christ. In fact, we have many people in our congregation here this morning who came to the Lord in that very same way. What I've also found is during the Christmas season that people are usually disarmed. What I mean by that is that you invite somebody to a church event, and most times if they've never been here before, they'll usually assume that they're going to be sitting through some kind of religious, amateurish program and then just kind of be on their way. And yet so many times when your friends and family and neighbors, when they come with you to something that the church is, 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 is holding, they're absolutely amazed by the atmosphere. Many don't realize it's the presence of God, what they feel, and eventually when they come to know the Lord, they identify what that is, but they're just surprised by this welcoming presence, by the, the, just the Christmas spirit that they feel. Oftentimes, they're surprised by the professionalism of the presentation, the excellence, or the truth of the message that they hear. And again, we have people here this morning who came to Christ and are part of our family through that same way. This Christmas season, we have two wonderful opportunities for you to let your light shine out of the darkness. We have the Casting Call Dinner Theater, and we have a Christmas series that we'll be doing that is called Fresh Eyes, Seeing Christmas in a New Light. Every Sunday starting next week, leading up to Christmas Sunday, we're going to be looking at the Christmas story from different perspectives, from the eyes of different Bible characters from the Scriptures. Uh, the first Sunday next week, we're going to be looking through the eyes of Mary, then through the eyes of the shepherds, the eyes of the Magi, and then Christmas Eve morning, we're going to be looking at Christmas through the eyes of heaven. But I want us to understand that these events have not been planned just for us. We, we, we love moving through the Christmas season together as a church family, but these are opportunities for you and me to invite someone to hear about Jesus at Christmas. We have this wonderful young family, Vanessa and I, who live just across the street from us. We don't know them really well. Vanessa is very faithful in running, and, and the lady across the street runs once in a while. And so they've had one or two little hellos and conversations. And uh, the gentleman across the street, we've had kind of those front yard talks a little bit in the summer and the fall. You rake new leaves. Don't know them really well. Just a little bit of chit-chat. Uh, but toward the end of the summer, um, I, I had said to him, I said, well, listen, why you, we'll have to get you over for a barbecue some night. The weather was still pretty good. And it never did happen. Really kind of challenging because they're, they're trailer people. And so uh, they just take their trailer every Friday, get home from work and hitch up. And, and they're gone camping. They're back Saturday night, Sunday night kind of thing. And so we don't get a whole lot of chance to have interaction with them. And from what I can tell, I don't know if church is really part of their life. I don't think it is. And, and so I wasn't really sure if a church event would even be something that would interest them. Hadn't really talked about God. Hadn't really had any kind of long conversation. And so the other day, I just walked across the street, knocked on the door, and I said, hey, we never did have a chance to have you over for a barbecue. But I said, listen, Vanessa and I would just love to invite you out for a night out. How would you like to go to a Christmas dinner theater? And her eyes just lit up. Wow, that sounds like a great idea. Where is it? <laughs> just around the corner. Yeah, we'll pick you up just around the corner. 
hey, I'm no different than you. I said, well, actually, it's at the church, by Tidings Church. And then I jumped right in and said, it's going to be a delicious meal. We've got great musicians. I think I maybe even mentioned that they're heading down to New York to, to sing at Carnegie Hall, uh, which, which is exciting in this part of the fundraising for the tickets. Uh, and, and great performing, about hour and a half, two-hour night kind of thing. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'd love to have you. And her husband was out at the moment. She said, oh, I think we would just love to go. She was so thankful. And she said, we'll get back to you on the best night, but yeah, put us down. And then I said, great. And then I said, hey, by the way, we'll take care of your babysitter. So whatever it is, it's on us. Just come on out and have a good time with us. God who said, let light shine out of the darkness, Paul writes, has shone in our hearts. Just think about that for a moment. The God who when everything was pitch black, spoke the word and light broke forth and life out of that darkness, that same God has done the same thing in your heart and mine. His light shines in our heart. And now we have this light. We have this treasure in imperfect, flawed jars of clay. I believe in this season what Paul reminds us of is that we live in a day, in a culture that recognizes the light and the brightness and the joy and the gift-giving, all those things that are involved in Christmas. What better opportunity do we have? What season are more people open than this season to an invitation to come and to learn what the light is about, what the season really is all about? Again, we're notorious as believers saying, Jesus is the reason for the season. They're taking Jesus out of Christmas. Friends, if we would just be the people and step up, we can bring Jesus into Christmas. And we don't bring Jesus into Christmas by protesting the malls. We bring him into Christmas by walking across the street and saying, can I invite you? Would you like to learn about the reason for the season? And people can be introduced to Jesus Christ. A life could be changed instantly or somebody could just be set on their journey because Paul also says that the God of this world, Satan, has blinded the eyes of unbelievers so they won't see the light. And so you, just by a simple invitation, you can begin a process where the Holy Spirit can begin to work in a heart that he's already dealing with. He'll lead you to the person that he's already dealing with and as they move along their spiritual journey, bit by bit, the light shines brighter and brighter until the fullness of salvation comes. And so as I close, I want to give you an assignment. And you're all thinking, we're going to be the first at Swiss Chalet this morning. Probably not even open yet. But I want to give you an assignment. <laughs> you're going to walk into Swiss Chalet at quarter to 12 like, I've never done this before. Here's your assignment. Two things. Number one, pray. Pray. Take this season seriously. Understand who you are as sons and daughters of God. What you carry. Recognize the power of the message that is in your heart. What you've been trusted with, this treasure. And say, Lord, would you lay someone on my heart? It may even be the last person that would come to my mind because I don't see people's hearts. Regardless of what I see on the outside that might discourage me, only God knows what he's doing behind closed doors. Only he knows what's going on in people's minds or hearts. And the Lord will lay somebody upon your heart that you can begin to invest in, that you can invite. And whoever that person, the Holy Spirit's laying upon your heart, number two, 
invite them. You may just, first of all, just invite them to your home for a coffee, just to get to know them a little more. But you can also invite them to the dinner theater. Friends, I promise you, it'll be the best 20 bucks or 40 bucks, whatever it may be. In fact, if you say, you know what, we don't have the money, you know what I would do? I would forfeit even buying something for my spouse, if that's what it meant. It's okay, we don't, we don't buy Christmas gifts for each other. We don't, we don't need anything, so we don't do that. We have a wonderful time with the family. We buy some lobster and scallops, enjoy the family, and that's our Christmas. We don't get burdened down in debt. But wouldn't it be wonderful if you say, honey, you know, why don't we forego this or this? Rather than spending 500 bucks on the kids, why don't we take a couple hundred bucks or 100 bucks? Why don't we get some tickets and invite some people who don't know Christ? Wouldn't that be a greater investment than something that's going to collect dust in the closet or under the bed or get used for a little while and then thrown into a yard sale? But whatever it may be, it's the best money you'll ever invest. Or you can invite them to one of our Fresh, fresh Eye services in December. The tickets, the invitations, they're available uh, in the foyer. You've also noticed them in your pew. When you go into the foyer, this year we've made the invitations in two sizes for the Sunday uh, series, and especially on Christmas Eve, because a lot of folks, as it says on the back, Christmas Eve is a candlelight service. A lot of people just really enjoy coming to a candlelight service. It'll be in the morning, and so you can take either size, whatever fits in your wallet or purse, whatever's more convenient, or if you want to drop it in a, in a neighbor's door or post office or invite them or post box or invite them, so you have that selection there. But I really want to encourage you this morning, don't leave the invitations behind. Take two or three with you. If there's some laying there, just take them with you. Or again, go in the foyer, and you can either purchase what's left. I think we have at least 75% or more of the tickets that are, are sold already. So if you want to go, uh, it's a wonderful opportunity. Tickets are available in the foyer, but also these are free of charge, of course, and you can pass these out. I just want to remind us again that Christmas is a unique opportunity for the glory of God to shine into a heart that may not ordinarily be receptive. We all have family members who even will come to Christmas things because it's just Christmas season. But friends, I encourage you, the same is true of your neighbor. That first you've had conversations with but you've never invited. Invite them. Take them out for a night. Treat them to the dinner theater. Hey, say, hey, we'll cover it all. We just love to have you come with us. We love, we love to bring you with us. So pray for direction. And then pray for boldness to share this treasure that you carry. Amen? Is that too practical? No, there wasn't a lot of hooting and hollering and shouting this morning. But friends, that's our mission. That's our mission. And what a wonderful world this can be for somebody. Amen? When they experience Jesus Christ, the reason for this season. How many, how many here who know Jesus can honestly say he's made a difference in your life? Honestly, yeah, most of you, that's good. He really has. He really has. I live in the light of the freedom of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation for all those who believe. Jesus has come to bring us brand new life. And I think it was Oswald Smith who said many, many years ago, he says, nobody has the right to hear the gospel a second time until everybody's heard it once. And as hard as it may be to believe, my friends, there are people who live all around us, we rub shoulders with at work, who have never heard a clear presentation of what Christmas is all about. And this is the season that their life can change forever. If we will be a people, amen, who will rise up and be missional and say, Lord, let us just have boldness this season to proclaim Jesus Christ in verbally, in conversation, through prayer, invitation, whatever it may be. Let's be intentional. Enjoy the season, but don't be sidetracked by everything else. 
so you get through the year and you've never really experienced or shared what it's all about. Would you stand with me this morning?